Support comes from the Norton Simon Museum, presenting the film series Testigo Witness, Goya in the Movies. Held on select Fridays in May, each film touches upon artist Francisco de Goya's visions of the world, kicking off with Pan's Labyrinth by Guillermo del Toro on May 10th at nortonsimon.org. Support for LAist comes from Pasadena Water and Power. Every individual's actions matter in preserving resources. Join the ripple effect to build a more resilient water future. Learn more about water programs, workshops, and ways to save at pwpweb.com slash the ripple effect. Studios. From Elias Studios, this is How to LA. I'm Evan Jacoby, a producer with the show. As you know, Brian is traveling. He's in Mexico for the next two weeks. So the team at Elias Studios is helping out. We're going to have a bunch of new episodes for you this week and next. But first, we're going to revisit an episode from last fall. Let me take them around the corner and then I'll bring them back. You remember yeah. that City Hall tape scandal that blew up LA politics? When three city council people and the county labor head were caught on tape making racist and derogatory remarks. He also wants this guy elected, so he needs a district that Nazarian can win. While discussing how to carve up the city's council districts to gain more power. Yeah, that scandal. City Council President Nuri Martinez resigned days after that tape leaked, and now, nearly five months later, the race to replace her is officially on. Mail-in ballots for voters who live in our district, that's Council District 6, are going out this week. This is folks in neighborhoods like Panorama City, Van Nuys, Sun Valley, parts of North Hollywood. There's seven candidates looking to take the seat, and we've got a breakdown on all of them on our website over at las.com slash howtola. We'll have that in the show notes too. Even if this race doesn't affect everyone in LA, it is a big deal. Your city council person holds a lot of power. So we wanted to rerun this episode where we dig into how city council actually works and why that scandal last year is still resonating in LA politics today. Let's have a listen. How powerful can a council member be? I think understanding that LA City has a very powerful council cannot be overstated. From LA Studios, this is How to LA. I'm Brian De Los Santos. And that other voice you just heard was Elias reporter Caitlin Hernandez. They reported a lot about the whole city council shakeup and its implications. The city council has undergone a major change. Almost half of the people occupying seats on the city council right now are brand new. And they're going to have to work closely with other new officials like Mayor Karen Bass, who is already making big moves to get her homelessness agenda on track. I'm going to be really honest with y'all. I'm not super involved with politics. I can't vote, and I don't really know all the ins and outs of LA's political system. So, Caitlin's here to help me out. You know, something I've tried to make clear to even, like, friends and family in my life is, like, state and national elections are important. But more likely than not, a local election or local council member is going to affect your life more than anything else. Hmm. They're responsible for creating local laws, for creating policies, for, you know, trying to get some road updated with a crosswalk. They really have a lot of authority over how you live as an Angelino in everyday life. So there are 15 seats on the council. Can you tell me how are those districts made up? 
So the 15 districts are redrawn every 10 years as part of the census. Every district is supposed to have, on average, 260,000 Angelinos. That's a pretty big number made up of multiple different neighborhoods. The idea is that these lines are supposed to be drawn pretty fair and balanced. But in reality, I think especially with these tapes, what we've seen is that there's gerrymandering. What Kaylin is essentially talking about is manipulating the districts to get power. Yes. One of the topics that was brought up during those leaked tapes was, you know, how can we strip Councilmember Nithya Raman of her renter's district? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. She doesn't marry She's not going to help us. Her district is not the district we can count on. You're saying that's the one to put in the blender and chop up left or right? Yeah. Like, we're not going to give this council member K-Town. We're not going to give them, you know, this area of Los Angeles because it's not beneficial to us. I want to hear some real life examples that you might know. Maybe it's in your district or maybe it's in other districts that you're like, okay, this is exactly how things went down with the council member. What are some of the things that we can see with our eyes the way that council members work in our communities? I think a good example you could see is in Lincoln Heights with council member Gil Cedillo's district. I think last year it was I covered this story about the flat top in Lincoln Heights, which is like this really scenic overlook that's pretty popular on the east side. It's beautiful, very accessible. You just walk up there and you can sit and overlook all the way from downtown Los Angeles to Catalina Island if it's really clear. For the most part, it's undeveloped. There are some like encroaching buildings at the bottom, but the residents there got really active because there are developers that own parts of the land that are trying to build these mansions on there. These residents that live in Lincoln Heights wanted to stop that. And one of the things they did was call on their council member to take action to put a halt to that, which they can do because council members have authority over land use. They didn't get any response. That council member, Gil Cedillo, did not do anything about that. I think this is a good example of how who you have in office can affect the outcomes down your street. And, you know, this was someone who was voted in office. And as some of y'all may know, Gil Cedillo was part of that conversation that was leaked over on those tapes. So he's super relevant to this conversation on redistricting. Okay, remember that Koreatown example from Caitlin? Well, K-Town is also a great example of just how complicated the district maps can get. Before the lines are set in stone for the decade, the council appoints an independent commission to draw the new district maps. They're able to make a recommendation to the city council, and the city council then is able to take that map, look at it, make any sort of adjustments, or they can throw the map out entirely and draft their own map, which is very similar to what this iteration of city council did just last year. This is Jose Del Rio. And I am currently a political consultant. During 2021, I was monitoring Los Angeles' redistricting process. He worked with California Common Cause with the goal of fixing some of these power imbalances we're talking about. I asked him about what happened last year with K-Town being redrawn. So to understand what happened last year, you have to go back about a decade. In 2010, the city of Los Angeles had an advisory commission charged with drawing the district lines. And the map that ultimately city council adopted actually carved up Koreatown into four different districts. So essentially Koreatown had four different city council members representing them from 2010 to 2020. Now that's a big deal. By being split up into four different districts, their political power was diluted. Anytime there's an issue, depending on where you lived in Koreatown, you may have a different city council person to bring it up to versus someone who lives down the street. 
And when you're talking about livelihoods of everyday Angelinos, that's incredibly important, right? There's a huge, huge population of AAPI Americans, of Latino or Latinx Americans, renters, folks who take public transit, et cetera, et cetera. What ended up happening is that anytime there was an issue in one portion of Koreatown, you brought it up to one city council person. And that city council person would say, you know what, that's not happening in my part of Koreatown. Talk to this person. Folks were essentially bounced around between city council person to city council person. Fast forward to 2020, it took a huge community outpouring from folks all over the city to put that sort of pressure on city council as well as the commission to get it reunified. I think this is a pivotal moment for city council and for the city of Los Angeles. What we're looking at is an opportunity for the community to band together, to not only cast out the hatred that's in city council, but also really look at our processes and procedures and see how we can prevent something like this from happening in the future. Jose says we should revisit the city charter, which, by the way, was written when I was only eight years old. Our city's charter acts as like a local constitution, right? It's where we look to for guidance. It's where we look to for instruction. But things change. Our charter was written 25 years ago. The city of Los Angeles was so much different back then. And we should have a commission every 10 years, just like redistricting, to look at the charter, to see what things need to be changed, what items need to be added, what items need to be subtracted, to ensure that, like the city of Los Angeles, the charter is growing with us. After the tapes leaked, former council member Mitchell Farrell introduced a motion that, if approved, would go before voters in the next election. If it's successful, it would expand the number of seats on the city council. So if the LA City Council is expanded with more seats, is that something that's going to help the city move forward or is it just going to be another splice of power? I don't know if I can really give an answer to that question. I think the thought behind that is that, you know, Council members in smaller districts will have a better chance at getting to know who lives in their district, what they need, what their what their essentials are, where they live, what their neighborhood's like. It's really hard to do that if you represent such a large swath of L.A. And so when you have a council member that represents, say, for example, maybe only Koreatown, they have a chance to get really intimate, not only with what the space is like, but who's in it and what what they want to know. Alrighty, y'all. That's it for today. Thanks for listening, and please go subscribe and rate us wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm your host, Brian De Los Santos, and this is How to LA. Check us out online at les.com slash howtola. Support for this podcast is made possible by Gordon and Donna Crawford, who believe that quality journalism makes Los Angeles a better place to live. The LAS Spring Super Sweeps is happening now. You can win amazing prizes while supporting your source for local fact-based journalism. One lucky grand prize winner will get to choose a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Other prizes include an electric bike from Juice Bikes and $1,000 gas gift cards. Your donation of $60 gets you one entry to win. And the more you give, the more entries you get. Donate now at LAS.com sweeps.